0: What's going on everybody and welcome to episode 26 of the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and Pat, it's finally here. It's NFL Draft Week
1: finally 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 we've as we were talking about before this the coverage has been going on for what feels like months at this point uh you know it's an exciting time and i think why the draft does so well is because the draft sells hope you know it doesn't matter where you finish if you're one of the worst teams you have these top picks you've got a chance to have an influx of talent uh it's a really fun time i i love watching the draft every year and this year should be no different
0: yeah, and the stories of the people too. I feel it's like pretty cool. one of the best things about the draft is that you actually don't have to be a fan of the sport or even know <clears> anything <throat> about the sport to tune in. Yep. You can just listen to all these stories, and some of these kids have done incredible things to get to where they are. And I love that part too. I I cry. I'm giving the over under on me crying probably <laughs> four times. I'm going to go under four times, but it might be close. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're so right. Some of the stories that they pop up there, it's incredible what a lot of these these players have endured to get to yeah. where they are, like you said. So it's just a really cool event, as you said. Of course, it's an NFL event at the core, but it can also be a human interest piece at points. So it's yeah. uh, it'll be a lot of fun.
0: And it'll be semi in person or, or seemingly all in person as in, A lot of the people will be able to go up on stage and hug Goodell and take a picture Mm -hmm. with Goodell. So that puts a little bit more normalcy back into it, which is always good. I've been watching and listening to a lot of Mel Kuyper Jr. And I am just envisioning a a nice, a fat two-week vacation from Mel after this week because he freaking deserves it. This I will, guy, I mean, it's unbelievable.
1: Oh, it's him and McShay. It's yeah, Tom McShay too. <laughs> it's hilarious to see them go through it. Obviously, they they live for this. I will say, I am going to miss Roger Goodell looking like he would like to be nowhere else than his bed by pick thirty-two <laughs> of the first round, like last year, which was just fantastic to watch from his basement. <laughs> um, but it will be, of course, great to see it back in person.
0: Yeah. So cool. All right, so Pat and I have a really good lineup. We're going to go through some teams and players to watch. Before we get into that, I'm going to go through followers of the week before we talk about ratings. Pat, the v- the Zhang family has been far outstretching the Houghton family, but I did oh, recruit no. one Houghton follower There we go. Wynn Sheridan is my cousin. He threw us a follow. Thank you, Welcome. Win. We also have Adriana Gambino, Leah Zerilli. Marissa Valenti, Brats and Beards podcast, Just Sports USA. And Peter Nolan from Villanova. Thanks, Peter. And then on the Twitter side, as I pull things up, good week for the Did You Hear? Twitter, at Did You Hear pod. Veterans Minimum, we had Nick Davis on probably over a month ago at this point. That was an awesome episode. Jesse Velasquez, Talking the Line, the midweek midrange. Grunt Talks MLB, and Julian Juliarte. Thank you for those follows, and I'm super excited about the ratings. We had two new reviews this week from Thrax Montana and Tim Daniel, both part of Blue Wire Hustle. We now stand at 44, and by the end of the week, by the time that we release Weekly Walk-Off on Friday, Mm. Pat and I would love to hit 50, to be at the big 5-0, so please, 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 if you're listening, if you're a returning listener, or if you're tuning into the Did You Hear pod for the first time, please go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. And if we can get to 50, we would be so absolutely psyched about that.
1: Yeah, thank you to all our new followers for the week. As, as Emma was saying, it was a really nice week for that for us and yeah if you could take the time to just leave us a rating we cannot say how much it helps us out with apple's algorithm so thank you to everyone that has taken the time to do that and if anyone who hasn't could step on and do that that would be fantastic sweet we have
0: a full deck of nfl draft content pat get us started
1: i'd say so all right so how we're going to frame this is we are going to view a team that we think is going to be really interesting to follow here on thursday night's draft We are going to frame a player as well as then walk through basically how we mock out the top five picks. But So I will start with my team then, and I am going with a team that I find just so interesting to follow, not only going into this draft, but going into the season, and that would be the Denver Broncos. And why I feel that. So they're sitting there at the ninth pick. Of course, we know about the division. They've got Patrick Mahomes calling the shots in Kansas city. You've got an up and comer in Justin Herbert out in LA. Uh, the Raiders are still doing that weird dance between John Gruden, and Derek Carr, where they like each other, but they don't like each other and they kind of win games, but maybe not. So <laughs> we'll see what happens out.
0: That's the only way to put it in,
1: in Vegas. So listen, it's, it's Gruden and it's Vegas. So it works perfectly yep. there. Um, but, you know, looking at Denver 5-11 and 11 last season, six of those losses came in one possession games. They had the fourth worst offense in the AFC points per game. And it doesn't make sense because you go through this offense and it is loaded, it is absolutely loaded. At running back, you know, Melvin Gordon and Royce Freeman, wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy was a first-round pick last year, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant one of the more athletic and better tight ends in the league. Offensive line is is really held together by Garrett Bowles and Lloyd Cushenberry, who Cushenberry I loved coming out of LSU as a center last year. So what position did I not mention? It's It all comes down to quarterback for Denver. It all comes down to Drew Locke. And to put it very bluntly, I think he's awful. And I, I, I think it's time that Denver finds a way to move on, whether it's at nine or whether it is trading up. Just to give you some numbers on Locke. He had 23% of his throws were classified as bad throws by pro football reference. That is the worst among starting quarterbacks. That is worse than Dwayne Haskins. The only other quarterback that was even in that vicinity was uh, Jalen Hurts, who didn't Mm. start every game, of course, only started four. But that also puts you a little crystal ball into what I think the Eagles future is going to look like. Uh, Going on Drew Locke as well. 69 percent of his throws were considered on target again that is the worst of all starting quarterbacks he can't throw accurately we know about the arm he's got a it's it's a ton of arm strength he can throw the ball down the field which is great and it's absolutely a skill that's needed in today's league i know people love him because he sings on the sideline and he seems like a cool person but he's not a very good quarterback and for denver as I said, it, it's so interesting because they're sitting there at 9. Now, look at it this way. We know quarterbacks are going 1, 2, and 3. Do they move up to 4 with Atlanta and try to hop in on that train? Do they sit back and wait at 9 and see if a quarterback falls to them? I don't see Miami moving out of the pick at 6. It doesn't mm-hmm. really make sense to jump up with Carolina at 8. It, it feels like it's 4 or bust for them. How do Man. you feel there?
0: Yeah, so... I think you and I have made it very clear on this podcast as a whole that we are all for letting players adjust. Yep. We talked about it last week about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Let's stop the slander and give him time to adjust. For Drew Locke, he has had the time, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately... He's had the weapons. It's just not a go. It's really just not a go. And I'll say this here. I was actually going to preface this with my team too, but one of the reasons why... I'm so excited about this draft in particular is because there is such an interesting mix of teams that are so, so bad that no matter (laughs) what number they're in, they have the luxury of picking the best player available because they have so many holes. They can just pick the best guy on the board. And without a doubt, he will be an upgrade than the guy who was there last year. Then there are teams like San Francisco at number three, Miami at number six, Dallas at number 10, that were playoff teams last year. Or in San Francisco's case, in the Super Bowl just a few years ago, Miami was a 10-win team. Dallas without – or Dallas with Dak Prescott most likely would have been a playoff team. So there's a really – Weird is the the word that's coming to my mind, <laughs> mix of those type of teams. Denver kind of falls into that spot. Yeah. They're just in a rough spot. It's a tough time to be in the AFC West right now. But with all that being said, wide receiver and running back definitely are not spots they have to... What's the word here? Like Upgrade. Upgrade, yeah, thank you. It's pretty much everywhere else. And, and I think in order to get everywhere else... You have to know who's going to man the ship, and Drew Locke isn't that guy. They are going to have to take a risk.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. So that's what I find so interesting is, of course, as we're saying, they're sitting there at nine. They do not control their own destiny there at the position. So Lawrence and Wilson are going to be gone. So then that leaves you with Fields, Jones, and Lance going at three. We'll see who the 49ers go with there. If the quarterbacks are on the border, if they do move up to, say, number four, for me, I know it doesn't seem like a lot of people agree with this at this point. Justin Fields is the guy. Fields is getting a lot of hate, or hate's not the way to put it, a lot of criticism for kind of his play. I don't see it as much. I think people are (laughs) really forgetting the fact he threw 63 touchdowns in two years at Ohio State. That is second all-time at Ohio State, I think people are forgetting the incredible performance he put on against Clemson in the national semifinal with broken ribs. Let's put it that way. I know that Ohio State didn't want to put it out there. The toughness is there, and I understand that a lot of it stems from he's an Ohio State quarterback, and let's go through the line. Troy Smith, Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins are your last Ohio State quarterbacks. Love that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely brutal, and I get that, but Fields, to me, feels Different. I, I think you see a toughness, you see a competitiveness in him. Uh, accuracy wise, we talk about Drew Locke not being able to throw on target at all. Fields is, was one of the more accurate quarterbacks in all of college football last year. I understand you can equate part of that to the system run at Ohio State, but I'm all in on Fields. So if quarterback is there, if he's on the board, I go Fields for Denver. If all the quarterbacks are gone, I think Denver goes cornerback. And at that yes. point, you can choose between Sertan or Jace Horn. Uh, it, it feels like a fit there. I know they signed Fuller uh, in the offseason as well, but I, I really like that fit if they're not going to go quarterback.
0: Yeah, they signed Ronald Darby too. So yes. at this point, you you accumulate all of this capital and at the cornerback position. It's much better to have more flexibility than less flexibility. Completely if that happens great. and they take Sertan before Dallas, Jerry Jones might just... Have a connection on it's too. On sertana
1: Dallas either. is too perfect. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I like everything you said. Denver also. This is only their second top ten pick since 2011. Hmm. So they've been in a surprisingly good spot. Drew Locke has really brought them down. Unfortunately, I hate to put <laughs> it. It just is. You know, there, there is so much young talent on this team, and I think it's going to be kind of a, a Josh Rosen situation. The mm-hmm. The situation just didn't really work out for him. He wasn't able to outplay the situation, and Denver's going to have to move on. Th- that being said, they are, I think they will have to move to either the fourth or the fifth spot. Unless, personally, I think Fields will go in the top five. I will save that to mm-hmm. the end. Yes. Is Jones the guy? Are they going to move up for Jones? What do you think about that?
1: I don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing it. I know it sounds like San Francisco may have yeah. uh, from, from everything that we've been hearing. But
0: that's kind of what I thought. Too.
1: Fields Fields is the guy out of those three that I listed with Lance Jones and Fields that I would target for uh, Lance as a guy with a really high ceiling. But we've just we didn't really get to see him do too much. I mean, we know about the competition. He opted out of the, of the season. So we didn't get to see him this past year. There's a lot of question marks with Lance. I understand why uh, talent evaluators like it. I mean, the guy never threw an interception in college, which yeah. is pretty cool, but he also only played 16 games. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really tough to, to quantify him. As I said, uh, the one I would feel most comfortable moving up for is Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then at that point, if, if you're not moving up for him, you don't need to leapfrog two places. Nope. Carolina, I feel very strongly, should not take a quarterback.
1: I don't think they do after the Darnold trade. I thought yeah. they did pre-trade. I think they, they stand tall and either go on Michael Parsons or, or offensive line at this point. Exactly,
0: and then, and then you sit Pat. So it's going to just be if the GM is going to take a risk and move mm-hmm. up and if they fall in love with their guy. And I think one thing that we can talk about generally this entire pod is that the draft process was different this year. No combine. So, Somebody like Kyle Shanahan, for him to move up all those... Was it nine spots?
1: I believe so, yeah.
0: They had to absolutely fall in love with their guy. And Kyle Shanahan, to his credit, has done an unbelievable job with the smoke screens lately. He is throwing everybody off his trail as best as he can, even though I think it's pretty much set in stone. But I'm not sure you could say the same for Denver. And that's why it's just so hard. You have to take a huge risk for the future of this franchise since they're pretty much saying Drew Locke's a no go for a guy that you might not have all the means necessary to say, to check that box of whether he's the guy.
1: Yeah, for me, it's, as I said, it's Justin Fields at quarterback or stand pad at nine, take a corner. And then maybe you call Carolina and try to trade for a Teddy mm. Bridgewater because I mean at that point what's the point in Carolina holding on to Bridgewater now That's that they have point. Darnold? I, I think that sounds like a, a nice fit for them. They shouldn't have to part with a first round pick anyway, so it's not going to matter that they would have mm-hmm. made it on another position. So that that would be my plan B. Say if okay. Justin Fields is not there for them.
0: Yeah, and I think Michael the thing Michael Parsons is a pretty good plan B. <laughs> I
1: say Parsons, Sertan, plan Horn, plan. Like, yeah. however you want to frame it. Denver is going to be in a decent spot because. Because of this quarterback run that is going yes. to happen early. Yes.
0: Alright, that leads me perfectly into my team. There you go. I think Atlanta is the most interesting team in this draft and I think their decision could really sway some other runs that happen. Could not wide, rec- wide receivers and cornerbacks are the deepest positions in this draft and coincidentally I chose a wide receiver and Pat chose a cornerback to talk about <laughs> when we do players later. I think Atlanta will choose the quarterback of their future. And the reason I think that is because this is their first top 10 pick since 2015, and it's their first top 5 pick since drafting the man himself, Matt Ryan, at number 3 in 2008. It's unbelievable to see Atlanta in this position. I'm thinking to myself, they have all these guys, you can go down the list, Julio, Ryan, Todd Gurley, who really just imploded, but he has had incredible seasons. Did I say Kevin Ridley? Kevin Ridley, Ridley, sorry. Why were they so bad? (laughs) (laughs) The defense imploded. Gurley imploded. Matt Ryan wasn't 100% healthy. Jones and Ridley weren't 100% healthy at the same time. They fell to number four, and they have a position. They're in a position now where they can pick even though that wasn't even close to being their plan. Their plan at the beginning of the season was to try and win the NFC South. That's how polar the the expected result and the actual result is. So, talk about talk, bringing up smoke screens. Now there are rumors that the GM and, and company Fontenot could trade Julio Jones. I don't know what you think about this, Pat. Hmm. <laughs> That threw a whole wrench in the plans because I think if they're trading Julio Jones, then that completely signals the rebuild, and then yeah, there's absolutely over. no doubt in my mind that they draft some version of Fields, Lance, or Jones, whoever's available. We can get into that later. Matt Ryan, though, the cap hits are absolutely insane. Just under $27 million in 2021, $48.7 million in 2022, and then more than forty again. In 2023. They've already restructured it. If he's traded, which I think could happen if Julio's already gone and they've already drafted his heir replacement, the dead cap hit would just would be just 25 million. Just 25 million, but that's significantly better than what that 48 would be. So like I said, a lot of these teams have gaping holes. Any position, any position player would be better than what they had last year. Atlanta, they could go with a quarterback. They could go with Kyle Pitts. They could go with Jamar Chase. So many guys could be impact players here. And then it also affects every single pick after them, depending on who they go after.
1: I I love how you framed it. And how I'll frame it is that Atlanta is the choke point of the draft for me. they, They are, as I mentioned them with Denver, they are the big trade point. Where you can see Denver try and hop in there, you can yeah,
0: see and the, they could also trade out of this. Yeah, pick, and, and that's, and that's the other option.
1: That's where I'm looking. I actually think Atlanta is going to look to move out of it because okay. I do think you're going to get either a Denver, a New England, oh, you know, there's mention of Washington and Chicago. I just mm. don't think they have the capital to move from that far down all the way up They're to number high. four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do think Atlanta is going to look to trade out of this. I think a team is just going to get jumpy about a quarterback. And try to make an offer there. But as you said, that's what... This is the toughest pick in the entire first round for me to project, is Mm. four. Because it's so difficult with the quarterback situation that we're talking about. I'm going to say that I lean that they're going to go away from quarterback if they keep the pick. Okay. I I think they're going to ride out with Matt Ryan because I don't think we've really seen too much regression out of him as you said it was more injury the cap hits is a problem i'm not sure they're going to be able to move him nor do i think they're going to want to attach the draft picks to get a team to want to take on that type Mm. of contract so i think they stay with ryan here if they i think they trade out of the pick but if they stay here i mean i I guess i give up who i I have in the mock draft i I wouldn't be surprised if it's kyle pitts i pitts is that much of a freak that I I think he might be the best player in the draft that is a non-quarterback.
0: So what if they keep Ryan and they draft Lance? That situation reminds me of Green Bay
1: from last year. To me, that is the most likely situation if they hold on to the pick and go quarterback. I yeah. don't see them holding on to the pick and then, say, drafting a Fields mm-hmm. to go with that because I think Fields is a lot more ready. Uh, even Mac Jones, I think, again, a more pro-style, like, ready quarterback with that Alabama offense. Lance is going to need some time. so And it, Ryan's the perfect guy to learn under. It, exactly. So I do really like that shout from you on if they do go quarterback, I, I like the Lance fit.
0: I gave it away, but that is my
1: prediction. Uh, we Th- both gave it away then. <laughs>
0: yeah. I heard something really interesting this morning. Somebody like Ben Roethlisberger is 39 and it shows. Yes. He's getting towards the end. His play is definitely declining. In fact, Pittsburgh has to change its style of play to accommodate Big Ben's style of play. Matt Ryan is, I think, 36. And it doesn't show when he is healthy. It does not show at all when he is healthy and everybody else around him is healthy. This team is almost a shoe in for a playoff spot. I don't have a lot of trouble saying that they have so many good position players, man. That's why it's just so interesting. You draft Kyle Pitts, That makes you an upper echelon team. You draft Trey Lance. You have a guy for the future, but that might piss off Matt Ryan. He's not going (laughs) to like that very much. And then also, if you trade it away, that kind of makes me think that they're thinking towards the future true too, because they're trying to accumulate for the future. So I yep. have, it makes my head hurt. Just all of this makes my head hurt because I have no idea what these GMs and head coaches are thinking. And Atlanta, especially what they decide to do is going to affect every other pick. I guarantee it.
1: It's, it's crazy with Atlanta, which is why I love that you brought it up. And it's why I basically talk in circles about which way they can go because there are yeah. so many options for them because it is going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback on this. Yeah, you ready for, for those, this too? Those top three, yeah.
0: The Atlanta Falcons have drafted two Hall of Famers with their top five picks: Claude Humphrey, number mm-hmm. three overall pick in 1968, and Dion Sanders, number <laughs> five in 1989. So they have had very good success with top five picks before. So we'll Step- see if if their pick this year, if they have it, is going to be in that same category.
1: Step right up, Trey Lance. No yeah, pressure. Please. Uh, no. <laughs> but no, just thinking about it then with, with the Pitts selection. Say they go that. I do not think they're going to move Julio Jones. I mean, the okay. weapons then you put around Matt Ryan is Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts... Russell it, Gage.
0: That's what yeah, I'm saying. That it, is a playoff team.
1: It's the And that's why I'm not sure they go quarterback, but your argument also makes total sense for if yeah. they're going to have Lance sit. So they, as we said, four is the pick to watch to dictate a lot of what's going to happen in this draft.
0: And if this offseason has showed us anything, cap cap hits might not be as much of a restriction as we might have thought. Look what happened with Carson Wentz and look what happened with Jared Goff. So Mm -hmm. the age might matter more than in those two situations, Wentz and Goff definitely don't have that. But I I think Matt Ryan still has more in the tank and I think he definitely wants Julio Jones around
1: him while he's still playing. Yeah, I I think that's a great way to sum it up. All right, let's move to players. Players, perfect. So, uh, this will probably be a little shorter, but so for, for players that I'm watching that I think can make a huge, huge impact, even though he's slated to go probably either back into the first round or at some point in the second round. For me, I'm looking at Asante Samuel Jr. Of course, we know about the pedigree being the son of Asante Samuel. He is also a cornerback, and it just, even before I get into any of the numbers on him, this just screams. The Antoine Winfield Jr. pick <laughs> from a year ago. Well, that's with, a
0: great point. I hadn't even thought Tampa. of that. Think yeah, of def-
1: defensive back, great ball skills, pedigree of an NFL father at the same position. It wow. just, it just screams to me the same type of impact, and I, I think Samuel can certainly make it. And Winfield why I think was so good last year too. He wow. was phenomenal for Tampa. Uh, so why I think he kind of falls back here a little bit is that he's lost in a deep position group. I mean, we talked about Sertan, we know Jace Horn, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech as well. Those are three big corners that everyone really talks about. So that leaves Samuel to kind of fall more to the back, though. He's a very, very good one. Uh, he's got potential for high impact. He had three interceptions this season, more so on that he averaged 25 yards per interception return. So we know that he can He's got a little spark there. More passes defended than games played in his college career. 33 passes defended, 32 games played. That's and a then, pretty good stat. <laughs> right? Thank you, Dane Brugler, for that one. And then the big one, over his last 20 games, he allowed two touchdowns which is wow. you know kind kind of how corners are graded out uh he, he's a prototypical man corner he's a little undersized or not even a little undersized he's undersized which is why he's you know falling back a little bit but the speed the footwork the instincts i'd take a chance on asante samuel i i think it makes a ton of sense if you're going in the first round a team like buffalo to try and Ooh. increase the, you know, their pass defense. I've seen him mocked multiple times to the Jets at the top end of the second round. I've also seen him fall a little bit further, even to Denver in the second round, which I think would be a dream scenario for the Broncos in the second round. So I love Asante Samuel, and I think he has a chance to make a huge impact, even though he is not going to go top 10.
0: I can totally see him being one of those guys that, based on name and pedigree alone, if he's going to keep falling, a team is just going to swoop him up. They're just going to pick him up, and he's going to make such a big impact. And I like, we didn't even talk about this, but I like that both of us picked players that are definitely not going to go in the top 10. No, Maybe not even in the top 20. So we're trying to pick out the gems here, and in in a position as deep as cornerback... Asante Samuel Jr.'s name isn't being brought up as much as Horn or some of the other guys that you mentioned. He's a high-impact player, mm-hmm. and corners are becoming – I mean, I, I keep going back to this. Tampa Bay's defensive showing I think will just be on a loop as we talk about the importance of every single position on defense in the future. In cornerback, you saw it with Winfield. The, the It matters. And I don't think size is that big of a deal. I think he's athletic enough – and the athleticism at that position is becoming much more important than anything else.
1: Yeah, listen, it's all about speed in the NFL yeah. today, right? That's so, what I mean. it, and he's got it. He's got the instincts, as I said, footwork wise is something that really just jumps off the page when you watch it. He's got the instinct to break on the ball. I, I referenced the interceptions. I understand that teams love the big physical corners that can really get up there in your face. I mean, think Jeff Okuda, you know, from a year ago with, with Detroit, but. There's something about instincts that really plays at that defensive back, and he's got him.
0: Oh. All right. I'm going to move to the second deepest position in the draft, <laughs> wide receiver. And the reason why I will be talking about Elijah Moore from Ole Miss is because you've got a couple of huge names in Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, even Kyle Pitts, who's actually might go ahead of all of those guys. Elijah Moore is going to be in the quote-unquote second tier of pass-catching options, but because so many teams could benefit from having a guy like him on their roster, I think he is going to be one of the best value picks of the entire draft. So I'll give you a few stats to show you that he might not even belong in the second tier. He might belong in the first tier, but he didn't go out and win a Heisman like Smith did. Mm Mm-hmm. He will be the sixth Ole Miss wide receiver taken since 2014. He's 5'10". He's only 178 pounds. So we've heard all this talk about Devontae Smith's size. It's not like Moore is that much taller or bigger. But he led the country in average receiving yards last year. He finished second behind Devontae Smith in both catches nationally and total yards. In his career, or last year specifically, he caught 36% of Ole Miss's completions. He made up that much of the offense, which was better than Smith at Alabama, fifth nationally in yards after the catch, seventh in tackles avoided, and he dropped just two passes, according to PFF. This guy is so complete, and you can also put him in the slot. He can be vertical. The yards after catch is really, really, really important to me, and that's part of the reason why Jamar Chase is so valuable in this draft. But I'll talk about some predictions here. So, there's going to be some combination of Chase, Waddle, Smith. I personally think it will be in that order. And potentially the top 12. I'll say that because I think the Eagles will pick a wide receiver. You might not agree.
1: (laughs) No, they might. I I think that it depends who's available, but I I think it makes sense.
0: New England could use a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Even though I... respectfully disagree with this people are potentially linking more to Arizona I think Arizona has a lot more needs than wide receiver I would agree he's been linked there Las Vegas could use another receiver Miami could use another receiver Tennessee could use a receiver Indianapolis could use a receiver I personally would love Elijah Moore to go to Miami 18th if Miami if Pitts maybe falls 6 and then they're able to get more 18 Miami will be so stacked they might not they might be better than or they might be as good as a Buffalo in the AFC I will go that high and I think Elijah Moore is going to be truly one of those players that maybe even people boo when he that I mean I hope people don't boo <laughs> I guess that's just rude, but people are gonna be like, "Come on! There were such higher picks at this point. We had so many other needs. I think this going this guy is going to be in, in a real impact on the field."
1: Yeah, so that you know, it's becoming a little more popular to go with the smaller wide receiver, and I yes. think that's the Tyreek Hill effect mm. has really started to sweep the league. I think that's part of why you see Jalen Waddle up there as you know w- w- is looks like is going to be the second wide receiver off the board. Uh, Moore is very similar and, and kind of fits that mold, as you said. You know, the the speed is off the charts. Uh, it, it's he's an exciting player. Again, a little smaller, just like Devonta mm-hmm. Smith. I do think he ends up in the first round, as you're saying. I, I think it'll probably be around that twenty range, which you are referring to. And yeah, I'm not I'm not counting out his route running is really strong, which is very very important, especially in today's league. I think it's a good pick, and as you said, I, I'm not sure it's going to be the flashiest pick, and yeah. that's not even Moore's fault. It's because, I, I'll count Kyle Pitts in this even though he's a tight end, but it's because this draft is filled with Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Kyle Pitts. Exactly. I, it's not Moore's fault at all, he, he, and he really reminds me of Henry Ruggs as well mm-hmm. from a year ago, so it's, I like it. Another SEC receiver as well. Um, some potential. We'll see if a team really goes up there and reaches for him, maybe in the mid to high teens. I would love but, that. Yeah, but he's obviously plenty of potential.
0: The SEC also has more first round wide receivers than any other conference, eleven, and you're going to see a lot more this year <laughs> yeah, in the see first a couple round. more. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, just even just off the top of my head, the Jets could use a receiver. Yep. Jacksonville could use a receiver baltimore could use a receiver baltimore's
1: going to go wide receiver so they, he, that could be the fit they if he best
0: falls. yeah i i mean Tennessee. if they if tennessee passes on a wide receiver too that would mm-hmm. I think upset a lot of people but just a, a lot of options for a lot of names that aren't as sexy as the four names you just mentioned <laughs> that are still going to be very very impactful
1: yeah, you've got Bateman from Minnesota, Tony yep. from Florida, Moore from Ole Miss. There are a ton of wide receiver options in this yeah. draft. There there really are. So even if you're one of the more, you know, mid-round to late-round picks, there should be some options out there for you for a lot of guys that are going to be able to step in and make an immediate impact at that position.
0: Yeah, it's funny, too. I When was the last time a tight end was taken this high as Pitts could potentially go?
1: i don't that, remember that is i've got eric ebron in my head noah fant mm. was no Noah Fant might have been top 10 when denver took him that And was then a couple years ago and tj yeah. hawkinson was a but still like four range which is what kyle pitts is yeah. in we've had a couple top 10s you know top 15 range as i say with hawkinson fant and uh, and ebron but kyle pitts legit has a chance to go top five
0: kyle pitts legit has a chance to be a hall of famer
1: <laughs> people <laughs> are saying that, that. Yeah. I agree with that.
0: <laughs> that would fit very nicely into the stat I said about Atlantis picks. Too. It would. That'd be funny. All right. Should we do our mock before we go into the numbers? Or do you want to do the numbers first?
1: Let's do the mock first.
0: Okay. I, I think it leads in perfectly. I do too. Should we go one for one? or I'll, I'll, I'll say my five first. Yeah, that works. Okay. Number one. Drum roll, please. You might have heard of him. Trevor Lawrence. What? i'm <laughs> with the hot take here taking lawrence he's already donating to charities in jacksonville i, I saw that <laughs> wilson too yep it's funny that that has wilson has become as linked to the jets as lawrence has to the jaguars and he's not even the number two ranked quarterback in the class it's funny how it works out that way mm-hmm. you have the same two obviously yes i do okay number three Part of me is saying this just to mix things up, but part of me is also thinking that Kyle Shanahan truly will not be tied down by any conventional wisdom or what people tell him. I think Justin Fields should go to San Francisco number three. I I think he is the (sighs) more talented NFL-ready player right now than Trey Lance or Mac Jones.
1: Could not agree more. I hope that is the pick for San Francisco. That's kind
0: of how I worded it too.
1: I really want it to be. Because I think Fields with Kyle Shanahan is just, it's salivating. Yeah. How how exciting that could be to unlock that type of potential. And I differ from you here because I think he actually is going to do Mac Jones. I, I really okay. think that the I it very well could be a smokescreen because yeah. that's what we hear linked the most. But it just feels like, that is the Kyle Shanahan type player. That's going to make the right read. That is incredibly intelligent. Uh, you know, we he, again coming from that Alabama offense with Sarkisian. Uh, I just it feels like a Shanahan fit. It does. He
0: totally fits the mold. He's accurate. He's a bit less mobile, but mm-hmm. because there are so many other talented teams in this offense, it doesn't matter. He puts the ball in players' hands exactly where he needs to put it, and he gets the job done. And and that's what Kyle Shanahan is known for. That's what got them to the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. And so with Jones, I think you've got a little—not even a little—you have a lower ceiling than Trey Lance and with Justin Fields, which is why I would go with Fields or Lance there. But I think. But it's a higher floor. Is a that a the higher right? floor. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: That always has confused me a little bit. <laughs> but I no, think it's so. true. I, I think Mac Jones—you pretty much know what you're going to get—and he hasn't even played one snap. Fields and Lance, you might not, but it could be better than what Jones could ever mm-hmm. give.
1: And yeah. I, I think Shanahan's looking for some stability. I yeah. think that's what probably annoyed him the most about Garoppolo was it wasn't even the injuries. It's that he was so inconsistent mm-hmm. and missed a ton of throws. I know he also flashed, you know, greatness, basically, when, when he played. But for me, that's why I think he's going to get drawn to Mac Jones, someone that's steady. And that I think, as you said, he's going to know what he gets from him.
0: Okay, so here's the question that is begging to be asked. Is Mac Jones the starter on day one?
1: Yes, I think really? so. Really? Okay. I think he's done with Garoppolo. So
0: Jimmy G is traded.
1: I mean, Shanahan did say, I can't guarantee who's going to be alive in the world yeah, on Sunday. That was a little much, Kyle. A little, little bit Um, when asked about if Garoppolo would be on the roster. I'm not sure they're going to be able to find a trade partner post-draft. Uh, at this point, but I do think that Shanahan is prepared to move on from Garoppolo.
0: Can I say, can I offer something? Please. I am not going to count the Patriots
1: Absolutely. being not. out nope. of the Jimmy G sweepstakes. Abs- absolutely not. I People haven't been talking about it, it as
0: much, but I really could see that reunion happening. You have Especially no, if yeah. San Francisco goes Jones 3.
1: You have no idea how happy you just made my friend Benjamin Moy um, <laughs> by you saying that, because all he wants is Jimmy Garoppolo back to New England.
0: <laughs> it's fa- I mean, that, another team that you easy, we both easily could have talked about is New England. Mm-hmm. Is Bill Belichick going to go full Death Star, as you like to say, and <laughs> trade up? seven or eight picks to try and get their guy one of those three quarterbacks could or is be he going to stand pat and see what unfolds and what teams come to him with all of the other offseason moves they've made this offseason
1: i don't see him moving the capital to get up to four with atlanta yes if same. the quarterbacks are still in play at eight with carolina i could definitely see that call being made
0: yeah that would be seven spots yeah mm-hmm. there you and go. we've never seen that happen before but we also have never seen Bill Belichick operate without Tom Brady. We're one year <laughs> removed from that, so Good expect point. the unexpected.
1: Absolutely. Okay, we do so have four. well, four we just went through, kind of technically. Yeah,
0: I I think Trey Lance. I You're I not. really do think that they are going to draft Matt Ryan's replacement, see how the team does this year, and then figure out Matt Ryan's contract in 2022.
1: And I will go Kyle Pitts, going with the just basically no ceiling type player that I'm so excited for. And as you said, I genuinely believe has the talent to be a future Hall of Famer.
0: I do too. And that makes things interesting for me. Because Cincinnati at five, Mm -hmm. it's the the perfect dilemma. Cincinnati is another one of those teams that has so many holes. Whoever they pick is going to be a great pick. Yeah. Do you want to protect Joe Burrow? Or do you want to give Joe Burrow a nice toy to play with? A nice toy to throw to. I personally think it will be the former. I think Penny mm. will be the pick here.
1: Oh, we agree. Yes, I you completely think agree. I so think that's the way J- you have to go.
0: I wouldn't be shocked, though. I wouldn't even necessarily be surprised if Jamar Chase is picked. But if Atlanta doesn't pick Pitts, would Cincinnati pick Pitts over Chase?
1: <laughs> it's a tough choice. Right? I, I, I think if you're Cincinnati, you're thrilled with either of those playmakers. Yeah. For me though, it's got to be O line. It just has to be. Okay. We just talked about how deep this wide receiver draft is. I think at the top end of the second round, you're still going to be able to get a pretty solid player there to be able to help Burrow out weapon wise. But we saw it. How did Burrow get hurt? He got hurt because they couldn't protect him. So you have a chance to draft Penny Sewell. I I just I would have a very hard time at Cincinnati letting that go.
0: Me too. I have seen some ridiculous mocks with Sewell dropping all the way to eleven. If he that fell happen.
1: to my New York Giants at 11, <laughs> I would run to the stage to put the pick in. It's just...
0: We'd have to do an emergency pod, and Pat would just be shrinking the entire episode.
1: <laughs> I have seen those same mocks as well, and it blows yeah. my mind. Because he is he is also talked about and touted as an all-pro type of talent. Yep. A 15-year f- veteran, those exactly. type of comps. Yeah. It's not the type of player I would want to pass on. I, yeah. am, If I am Cincinnati, I jump all over him. I get the allure of a Chaser or Pitts, obviously, yeah. because they're studs. But for me, you go O-line here.
0: I just, I don't think, if legitimately, the 100-plus mocks I have seen from every source you could potentially <laughs> think of, I don't know if I've ever seen Pitts to Cincinnati. And I'm not sure why, because... Seemingly, if Atlanta doesn't go Pitts, then Cincinnati has a chance to pick him up. And then you got to pick between Chase or Pitts. Man, I don't know. We'll stop at five, but we could make some serious cases all the way up through through 32. Buffalo could make a trade up to get a running back. If that is any indication of how good this draft will be, Buffalo has the 30th overall pick. Then we're in for something pretty good.
1: This draft is awesome. Like, it really is. It's going to be a ton of fun. As we said, there's so many just different ways a lot of teams can go. And as you have mentioned, that can affect a ton of teams behind them. Uh, This is going to be great theater to watch on Thursday night. I'm so excited. Theater. Theater Theater. is the great word. Father Peter would be proud.
0: Yeah. And I love that Pat and I would usually tell each other what players and teams we're going to focus on, but we don't coordinate anything. And we both, without prompting, picked players from the widest groups, and we also pick teams that really could Are shake connected. up, yeah, the entire the entire makeup
1: of this draft. I love that. It's... Listen, with the chemistry, is we keep on working on it, right? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so, also without prompting, we both had numbers about the NFL draft. So we're doing a, an entire NFL draft episode
1: today. I mean, tis the season, right? Yes. So m- might as well go fully in on it.
0: I'm excited about mine. It's about a team that we have not talked about, and it's because we haven't needed to, Mm. and it's because it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah. The last team, the number is 2013. It's a year.
1: Oh, mine's a year too.
0: Oh my God, Pat. (laughs) We're on the same wavelength. That's awesome. The year is 2013, and the reason why that is the craziest number I have heard this week is because the last team to have the first overall pick And make the playoffs was the 2013 Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. I hope it's a good number that in 2021, the Jacksonville Jaguars can be the first team since 2013 to do that. Unfortunately, they have too many holes, even though they have a ton of picks in this draft, I think nine or 10. They have a chance to to really plug a lot of that. They have some good weapons already at running back and at wide receiver. They'll have arguably the best quarterback since I don't even know who Andrew Luck.
1: And it's yeah, Andrew, since Luck. Andrew
0: Luck in and Lawrence. But that all, it just was crazy to me. The Chiefs, 2013, the first overall pick, and then they ended up making the playoffs, and that was just kind of a a knock towards the the point that I let off with when you talked about Denver. Mm. This is a unique draft because a lot of teams in the top 10 will be not just playoff contenders, but Super Bowl contenders. So there is more on these draft picks than potentially ever.
1: It's super high stakes, and which makes it even more exciting. Yeah, I think that Chiefs pick might have been Eric Fisher, if I'm remembering off memory. It, oh, it good ver- call. Let me it very it well may be wrong as well. For Jacksonville, as you said, <laughs> it's... The Jacksonville market, so we know it's not going to be massive, but think about how interesting it's going to be to follow Trevor Lawrence this year. That's what I
0: mean. And Urban Meyer. Talk about uh, theater.
1: As I was about to say, (laughs) that is where my confidence goes down with Jacksonville, is that I just—it perplexed me from the start, the Urban Meyer hire. Um I mean, I guess there's also a chance it turns out to be great for them. And they really, he really hits the ground running and shows he's an NFL head coach. I still think it's a really weird one and a really high risk to go in that direction. But as you said, with Lawrence is going to be the highest touted quarterback coming out since Andrew Luck did, it's going to be must watch to see how he develops down there in Jacksonville. He was touted as the number one pick from his freshman season. At yeah. Clemson. to have those it's...
0: type of uh, expectations is unreal mm-hmm. and you were correct 2013 eric fisher who full full circle was released by the yep. chiefs this offseason in a full overhaul of their offensive line because of that tampa bay buccaneers defense <laughs> that w- will and should be on a loop for f- future defenses forever
1: absolutely and we saw kansas city try to address that with the trade of orlando brown yes, uh, yes. last week as well so offensive line matters as we talk about penne soul yes <laughs> but no that's a very cool stat as i said mine is also a year and mine is 2004 which was the last time a quarterback was drafted in the top five and went on to win a super bowl You're
0: kidding me.
1: I kid you not, which is amazing because you think about how popular and often quarterbacks go in the top five. Oh, four was the last one. Who was that man? The one, the only Eli Manning, of course. Uh, Oh
0: my God.
1: Even better on top of that, the last quarterback drafted in the top five to win a Super Bowl with the team that drafted him. Because remember, Manning was drafted by the Chargers. Peyton Manning in 1998. That is
0: incredible. That is the best stat I've ever heard. And all the stats we've done on this show. That's the
1: best one. I say I cannot take credit for that. I got that from Ralph Vacciano of SNY. But Unbelievable. I have and the, the Manning list. brothers. That is the Man- so that's, cool. That might be my favorite part. I have the list as well of all of the quarterbacks taken since then that have not won a Super Bowl. And I, I will run through it. Yeah, please. Uh, Alex Smith. Vince Young, Jamarcus Russell, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Mark Sanchez, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, RG3, Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, and Tua Tagovailoa. Every that single is... quarterback taken in the top five since 2005, not a single one has won a Super Bowl.
0: That is un.
1: And that's why you listen, folks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to say. I hope people, ha- their jaws are on the floor because mine is on the floor. And the crazy thing is that, uh, so th- the first thought is that they were showing an old Sports Illustrated cover from a bunch of years ago where it was... Which big, th- the big three, mm-hmm. Blaine Gabbert, Cam Newton, and some other guy. Jake I didn't Locker. Even, yeah, Jake Locker. I didn't even Never rec- forget, recognize please. his name. <laughs> <laughs> so you have that, and you have to think that at least one of these top five guys is going to be a bust because it's always going to be like that. And we'll, we'll think back on all this thinking that we've done and realize how ridiculous it was. That's my favorite that part. list. Wow. Ex- Maybe we'll see one in the future, though.
1: Maybe, maybe. I'm and hopeful. Listen, some of the young guys still, as we throw in that, you know, the Mayfields, your Kyler Murrays, your yeah. your Joe Burroughs, you know, obviously I still hope. in it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as you said, you know, we can do all this analysis. We can bring through all these previews. We can say Kyle Pitts has Hall of Fame potential. It's all a crapshoot. <laughs> it is all a crapshoot. <laughs> so, insane. You uh, can so.
0: wear the crown for best stat we have ever found on this oh, show. I I'll try who's... and one-up you. I don't know if it was you, best was ever,
1: good. but I was happy with it once yeah. I did find that one. Um, very, so. very cool. It's Eli week.
0: Manning, a lot of credit. A lot of credit.
1: My hero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love that for him. Well, I am so excited. So we'll, this will drop. We're recording Tuesday night. It'll drop on Wednesday. Make sure to get all of your draft coverage in. And then blissfully, peacefully, we can close a chapter on this yes. coverage from the from the past five months
1: (laughs) basically (laughs) so yes looking forward to watching that and hope everyone enjoys the draft this weekend as well of course the first round on thursday but it'll run through the weekend but that will do it for us here on the did you hear podcast make sure to follow us on spotify and subscribe on itunes so you never miss an episode leave a rating as well on itunes as emma said before we are trying to get to 50. We would appreciate it so much if you can help us on that push to 50 ratings. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Did you Hear Pod to let us know what you think. And as I said, everyone, enjoy the draft. We'll get ready for a weekly walk-off later this week. And Emma, that's a wrap.